If you take a shot with this G, I'll give you extra salt. Oh, I like that. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. No, I love it. It didn't I'm, make any sense. I'm going to go with my, my tried and true that Please. I came up with on this podcast earlier <laughs> and that I use at uh, my live show for virtual reality, but it is my... My jawline and my tan may be fake, but I always keep it real. Oh, my God. Listen, it is a standard classic tagline. And I feel like this is going to be a classic, fabulous episode. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode I really don't. I don't know. Math is hard. Counting makes me tired. It's something in the threes. And I'm so excited not only to have a return guest, but a return guest who is experienced experiencing his first ever schlep to the Clawfest, who I just saw kill it at a live show he hosted this week. You know him as senior TV reporter at Page6.com and co-host of the phenomenal podcast with Page6, Virtual Reality, with friend of the pod, Danny Murphy. Welcome back to Andy's Girls and Mazel Tov on your first ever trip to the Cloth. Evan Real. Evan, how are you? Oh my God, I'm I'm good. I'm great. I can't believe <laughs> I am in the Clawfest. It is Can you so... Even? It's so gorgeous. I mean, the art is so beautiful. The I fashion mean. situated behind you. I mean. I love this. Thank you. That is a little, what's that fucking called when you put perfume in it, but not really from anthropology. It's a crystal thing with thingies from anthro. I have no idea what you, do. something, not diffuser, but like I'm not whatever. Sure, but I don't I, know. I don't I know. Love I love it. it. I love it. Gorgeous and crystal. It reminds me of the time I went to. Uh, Lisa Vanderpump's Villa Rosa <gasps> and everything is, is just like a glass and crystal and I wish and mirrors oh my god <gasps> your cloth is very, I mean, very LVP and pink I there's a lot of pink moments I have some jelly beans right there signed by Kelly Ben Simone at AG 300 <laughs> when we had her as a part of the show there's like a bunch of I've never done um like a little reel of just the Bravo Misha Goss that I have literally throughout my apartment, bathroom, living room, yes. cloth, and actually bedroom too. I need to do like some sort of little... Yeah, like a little tour. I right? I used the loo earlier and I loved the, were you doing coke in the bathroom artwork? Milk and Don't Call Me Honey, my, yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> Etsy shops. He does like these great little illustrations of Bravo Lebs. Um, but listen... Enough about the Clawfest, which continues to inspire. <laughs> I saw you and Danny host a live show at City Winery here in New York City earlier this week. You had three housewives, a Bravo Leb from Winter House, a Bravo Leb from Family Karma. It was such an iconic night. I had so much fun. But just to name drop the housewives in attendance, you interviewed Margaret. Jackie, Meredith, Amrit, is that right? Yeah, Amrit from Amrit Family Karma. from Family Karma, and Jason from Winter House. From Winter yeah. House. And I only, I've only seen one episode of Winter House from last season, and I'm mm. extremely behind on Family Karma. So it did inspire me to know that, like, maybe this weekend I'll catch up. But knowing how much page six content other content has come out of that night how are you feeling i'm feeling i'm feeling really good first of all thank you for coming it was oh my god an, it was so fabulous such an honor to have you and audience and a bunch of other really wonderful bravo creators like the turnout was so good sold out uh, yeah sold out i couldn't believe it no big deal yeah no it was it was wild it was such such a good night and i'm so um 
proud of like the, like there's a big team not a big team but like you know there's like a team of people behind me and Danny like our producer Jenna and like the, the mm. video department and like the marketing department like a lot of people put work into this and it just feels great how successful it was for the I mean they're already like kind of talking about like doing another one oh, I hope to do more New York ones, maybe like an LA one, like I live in LA. So it'd be cool to get some of the LA Bravo labs involved, but yeah, no, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. And I feel like it was a good like crew of people, like the three housewives and then the boys, like it Mm. felt like, I liked the vibe. It was like a a good little vibe. And there were so many headlines that came out of that night. Yeah. What was your kind of like biggest shock, happiest gleeful moment when someone said something or did something or was asked something? I I mean, we were playing a game called Law and Disorder where Mm. former attorneys Attorney uh, Jackie had to defend Bravo liberties in different situations. Right, and she had to defend Sonia for creating Tipsy Girl, which was like a you know a copycat brand of Skinny Cheater Girl. Brand. Yeah, and she ended up going off on Bethany. Obviously, Jackie's been so open about her struggles with her eating disorder, and so she sort of like spoke her mind and said "fuck you, Bethany" for marketing Skinny. skinny. And when she said that, I was like, yeah, that's going to be a moment. <laughs> I, w- I was like kind of smiling to myself in my seat. I was like, OK, like at least we got that headline. And then Jason talking about Lindsay yeah. was a whole thing. Um, Meredith was very open. Like she was like down to play and talk and chat and talked a lot about like Jen Shaw and the reunion and everything. So, yeah, everyone that we, we got to do the show seemed like willing to spill some tea. So that was really nice. How do you, as a podcaster, as a reporter, as someone who was hosting this huge live show, figure out the direction of some of those questions? Because obviously, you know, Meredith, bless her, but so much of the questions that I just even as a Bravo viewer, let alone content creator, podcaster, have involves Jen. So like, Mm -hmm. how do you decide for yourself which questions to ask and how deep in that direction you want to go. Yeah. So like probably like two days before Danny and I kind of came up with questions together, mm-hmm. we were like working in a Google doc and <laughs> as we were like going through the questions for each person, yeah, we like, we want to get the tea. We want to ask the questions that people want to know the answers to, but then like we're very, I guess, cognizant of the way we phrase things or mm-hmm. set up questions because you know, like we want to have a good time. We don't want to like piss anyone off or trigger anyone. So like even with like the Meredith and Jen and Lisa of it all, we we were definitely like kind of like tiptoeing and doing like a special little soft footed dance Mm -hmm. around that. Um, And then even with like Jason and Lindsay questions, that was tough because that was like blowing up over the weekend as we were like writing our questions because it involves like the way that Lindsay shared their miscarriage story. So it's like mm. really touch. It's, you know, it's tough because like we're doing like really a fun sensitive. live show and then yeah. it's like it, there's miscarriages. Some right. So yeah, we, I don't know. It, it is a fine line. You have to like figure out with like asking the questions, but then like also not, I don't know, offending anyone. And I, I felt really, really grateful after the show, you know, Jason came up to me and Danny was like, that was great. That was wonderful. Like the, you know, the fans were a little tough, but he didn't, he felt like he was in a safe space with us, which mm-hmm. is I want everyone to feel like they're, you know, in a safe space when they come on virtual reality. 
I mean, and you know, you think about that and compare it to BravoCon, there is a little bit of a connection there where you might be sitting on stage with a Bravo Leb who un- it's like gird your loins, Devil Wears Prada style, where this person understands there's going to be shit coming at them yeah. typically during the Q&A when people really let loose. What was that experience like hosting the Jersey? Well, half of the Jersey panel knowing (laughs) that I would think the people on stage are looking at you at a certain point to like help them navigate or maybe not maybe not at all yeah well I you know I have relationships with Melissa Jackie and Margaret so I think that they know that like I'm a nice guy and if like anything crazy happened they know that I would like step in and help um I they did it was interesting because before I got on stage they were like you're asking us nice questions right and I was like yeah, of course. We're at BravoCon. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not mm. throwing any hardballs at you. Also, like, it is, you know, like I've said before, it's a, a collaborative effort with Bravo. So, like, you know, like, we're all there to have fun at Bravo. But I was worried about the fans because, you know, things were so heated and divisive between, like, the two sides of the cast. Yeah. And then they did, like, the first question that Melissa got when we opened it up to the fans, it was, I forgot how, it was just very dramatically phrased and, and i just remember the the closing line it was about the discord between like Teresa and like the mm-hmm. how they got casted or whatever and the closing line that this fan said was like did you choose fame and money over family oh, and it was like so intense and I, melissa did such a great job she's it it seemed like she was ready for it she like gave her answer and then M- melissa was like so eloquent and like explained basically like look like Every every girl who joined this show like was given an opportunity. Why wouldn't you take it, et cetera, et cetera? Joe, on the other hand, got activated, stood up, and started like playing give, to the crowd. Kind of yeah, and kind of like giving this like speech. And a lot of analogies were used. Jackie Jackie Goldschneider, I'm sure, really loved it. There was a lot of <laughs> analogies used about like um like building and construction and I don't know. Anyways, they they did seem a little ready for that, but I always mm-hmm. think about my first Bravo Con. I've talked about this before, but Gibson Johns, he moderated a housewife to housewife panel mm-hmm. and Emily Simpson and Shane were Emily Simpson was on the panel and Shane was kind of looking like a D-bag. He was getting the D-bag edit on that season of Orange County. Uh-oh. And someone, there was like a group of people in the front who were like saying like really mean things. They were like shouting mean things about mm. Shane. And Gibson like immediately stepped in to stop and was like, this is not what we're doing here. And I always think about that moment. And like if that ever happens, I always just want to like channel my inner Gibson and step in and like not let it happen because like a housewife doesn't like st- you know sit on stage with you to be attacked like yeah she's there to like answer some tough questions maybe but like not get attacked by the fans and like why did you show up and to attack this person I don't know well it felt like playing the role of housewife certainly I thought maybe more so in 2019 than 2022 but that could be a hundred percent wrong um but I remember a moment in 2019 at the Orange County panel where someone, ra- were you there for that? Where someone raised their hand and they're like, Emily, the results of the bar came out. Do you want to know if Shane passed? Like they had come out oh that God. day and the look of shock on her face. And I forget who I was sitting next to. It might have been Tracy Morsey. And we both, we did this at a couple of panels, but we both immediately started shouting like, no, like that's so rude. And yeah. about somebody's life isn't 
isn't the drama on the show enough plus what they give us by doing media interviews, by experiencing their life in real time? Like you meld these universes together, but to apply that shock factor, obviously, I mean, the like answer at the end of that was like, he probably didn't. So like (laughs) going through that process and watching Emily in real time try to navigate how do I respond to this and I'm also really embarrassed was it's it's you know there's the idea of going to these panels conventions and feeling like you're a part of the community and then there's going to these panels and conventions and trying to play the role and there has to be a gray area in the middle of that you know yeah and I also think like a lot of times fans are just kind of like looking for their moment which is I mean I understand like you made the effort to like buy a ticket and be there and like you are probably trying to like channel your inner housewife. Like, I don't know if you were at the, I don't think it was the Potomac panel, but there was a panel this year that Ashley Darby participated in. And yes, I was there for that. I know exactly when what you're talking about. With Giselle. Like, the, no, sorry, with Garcelle. Yeah. And, and the guy was like, I have, I'm the one who's been sleeping with Michael. Yeah. And she, I, I was there for that. I was, I, I was not there for that, but I heard about it. And she, responded pretty well right like she said something along the lines of like this is no longer my business and oh. then someone asked about it I think at a Q&A during maybe watch what happens and she was like it was a nothing burger like they said later or someone told her later it was just a ploy for attention but that guy got a lot of attention he did. which is unfortunate and it's also like the response of this is no longer my concern is an interesting one because when you think of the disillusion of marriages and relationships when they happen in real time and sometimes caught by cameras. How long do you have to respond for an estranged spouse's poor behavior, which mm. I think we're going to see. I mean, we're most assuredly going to see on Miami. The yeah. first couple of episodes dropped today. I had a chance to watch the first I thought it was incredibly strong. Actually, Gibson was the last guest on AG. We recorded in the cloth and he was he had already seen the first like three or four episodes. Uh And he was like, it's my favorite franchise right now. And I had that in the back of my head when I was watching and I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly the energy that I want. Like Larsa Pippen right now is giving me she is an antihero. She is there she says things where you're like okay is this like a little bit of a wink because of the camera time lessons you've learned from Kim but also like she can be really sharp and a dick in response to things which I fucking love like and the Lisa of it all when it comes to Lisa and Lenny for this to break down three weeks into filming do you think she had in watching the premiere do you think she had any idea of what was to come I mean I feel like like people women in particular have that like like gut instinct and so yeah when you watch lisa back on and you know within the first four episodes she's talking about like lenny and i have been through ups and downs and right now we're in an up and it's like girl you are absolutely not in an up so i feel like she was i don't know overcompensating for like a gut feeling that she felt that like Mm -hmm. things weren't good i feel like probably if she like dug deep she she knew especially with like him getting super fit and like that seemed to be like a red flag like i don't know i i she probably knew something was off i don't maybe she didn't know that he was like in a full-fledged affair with a 27 year old model i feel just so bad for her but honestly like good for her that she got out of it like i mean what it's a blessing in disguise like now we know what kind of guy 
Lenny is. I just feel really embarrassed for myself because I used to thirst over Lenny. Ew, why? I don't know. I thought he was cute. No, never, <laughs> ever. I know, I know. I'm really embarrassed. I don't think he's cute at all anymore. And he doesn't have all. a cute personality. It's not like you could be like, well, you know, he looks like whatever. And so like, would I be attracted to him otherwise? But he's like so funny, so quick, so smart. He's always been a di- Since day one, he's been a dick. Yeah, I know. I know. It's That's a, a problem for me. And I, yeah, I, I got to let go of my Lenny crush. <laughs> Lisa <laughs> has let go of her Lenny crush you can be on this journey with lisa together yeah. you guys can support each other exactly. which i think is really important <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's really great i love lisa hockstein so much i just think she is the best she's so nice she's so kind i don't know if you've ever met her in person i haven't i don't know that i've ever interacted with her i do you know actually now that you say that i've never met her in person but i've interviewed her like over zoom and over the phone multiple times and she just is so sweet and always sweet in the dms and just like so kind and wonderful and i just i don't know i really really appreciate her and her kids are like the cutest children on the planet I just I don't know I I always want to see her win yeah there's something about this it's not only the fact that it's obviously public because they're both public figures but it's the fact that it's unfolding in front of cameras where if you have decided for yourself which I think she did (coughs) excuse me Last season as well, if you've decided for yourself that you're going to present a united front, but you're the only one standing, what happens when it all falls apart and you have to figure out what it is that you're going to be sharing with everyone? Like, I don't know that she has the capacity to make that decision because I think she's in spiritual triage. Yeah, I interviewed several of the Miami girls ahead of the premiere and Dr. Nicole Mm. told me about the moment that... um, Lisa kind of breaks the news to the girls. They went oh on a, a cast trip, a birthday trip for Alexia to the Keys. Nicole's uh, fiance flew them out on the PJ. Ooh. And Lisa was like an hour and a half late for the PJ flight. And they were like, what the hell is going on? This is so annoying. And then they said when Lisa finally got there, they said she was just like, you could tell something was like absolutely <gasps> wrong. And then Uh-oh. once they get to the Keys, she breaks the news to them. And she, Nicole says that everyone was like super shocked like everyone kind of had according to Nicole had like um an idea that like things weren't like awesome but like they never suspected a divorce or an affair because like Lisa had been like drilling so hard like Mm. we're in a good place we've like fought for our marriage like we're in it to win it the Hochsteins never divorced like that kind of thing um and then she was like yeah like we're splitting plus he is in a relationship with this Katerina chick and the drop of that so the so lisa was able to tell them before it was announced was did that all happen over the course of the same day because i felt like there was some sort of from from what i remember and it's my memory is kind of muddled with this but like it felt like it was a shock announcement where lenny was telling everyone including lisa at the same time yeah i wonder how the timeline fits in with like like the timeline of the show fits in with like the timeline of the headlines because page six was like on top of it of course and we i think we broke it and then lenny denied it and said he still that's what it was to fight for his marriage right this i remember and then like i think like just weeks later right it was was very weird he was like yeah so we are divorcing and i am dating this girl but he insisted up and down that the relationship with Katerina did not start until after he and Lisa came to a mutual decision to end their relationship. But that hot mic moment just came out on the show in episode four, where he's like saying that he is not having sex with Lisa because if he was, that would mean that he'd be cheating on the person he really cares about. So 
looks like the relationship with this Katarina girl started when he was still married. Obviously, of course. I mean, come on. Like, okay, that hot mic moment I have not yet seen. Oh, it's like it is so devastating. And they, he's like talking to a friend in like the kitchen. The camera like goes away, and then like Lenny and the friend are still mic'd up, but they're like whispering, and it's like, do you think? I think the camera guy's like looking at us like like it, it was weird and then logan the son apparently is right in front of them and the friend this guy named Vinny or Vito or something okay he's like do you think logan can hear us and then lenny's like no he can't hear us he's playing his video games it's it's like very very fucked up it's fucked up and like Vin- Vinny Vito, i can't remember it was called <laughs> v v is like miami um, italiano that's how he, i'm gonna think of it he's like i hope that you guys stick together because Vinny Vito he apparently is newly single and so that's why he was talking to Lenny about it oh and then Lenny's like I think I'm gonna be single soon too and then Vinny Vito is like I hope you guys stay together and Lenny says I don't okay so that end part I had seen because someone dropped that just the end part of the clip but I didn't know about everything before including the girlfriend yeah 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 it was it was rough for sure. I feel I, I can't imagine how Lisa felt whenever she heard that. I'm not sure when she heard it, but I talked to Alexia a few days ago and she had heard it by the time we spoke and before the episodes like dropped for everyone. And she was like distraught over it. She said that she couldn't sleep after she heard it because she just like can't couldn't even imagine like being Lisa hearing that like, oh, how do you process all of that? Like the there's the in the season trailer or whatever. Or no, it was like the scenes to come and the weeks to come or whatever. The fact that Lenny moves back in and is like, you're not the only way you're getting out of here and you will is by court order. How do you process that if you're in Lisa's shoes, knowing that this man is humiliating you or attempting to humiliate you seemingly successfully in your real life and now in front of cameras at your thing? This is Lisa's thing. Right. Completely. It's it's so wild to me. And like it kind of makes Lenny look like even more of a psychopath because like he's doing and saying and actioning all this in front of the cameras like he's in the bed and you see in that clip the camera comes around the corner and he gives that like really creepy look back to the camera Mm. it's just but it's it's not like he didn't know the camera was there like he knows what he's doing he knows that Lisa's coming into the room with a camera and he's saying all this like he clearly wants to proclaim this it's the worst kind of zero fucks and i do think that there are echoes here not necessarily in personalities or in behavior but about the drama surrounding bethany and jason's divorce like which we didn't Mm. really we saw all of the glimpses and all of the hints that these people were in a place that they might not be able to recover from on her spinoff but when it came to everything else that we saw about Jason refusing to leave and like filing Mm. or uh, being able to have like residency in the apartment and whatever else happened, we didn't necessarily, we definitely did not see those moments on TV. We heard Bethany's reaction, um, especially when she came back to New York, but like we are now seeing a version of this play out in Miami, which is very unexpected. Totally, totally. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about Bethany ever after or Bethany getting married in so long. And I did a rewatch, I think, in like 2015 or 2016. And I forgot how terrible their relationship oh was. Oh, my God. Prior. It's so dark. It was so dark. So bad. And 
it, it was really hard to watch. It was. And it does make a person think of like the idea of when you are fighting for a marriage, are yeah. you fighting for when you are going through extremely difficult ups and downs with someone you are committed to, albeit a partnership, a marriage, whatever it is, mm-hmm. at what point, what is the process of stopping the fight? You know, like the fight to keep us together. Right. Where the tension and explosiveness that is maybe a reaction to trying to like get through this becomes the way that you look at each other, you know? Yeah, I know. I wonder if we'll like get that moment with Lenny and Lisa. I mean, I look at the moment where she's like flipping out and losing her shit about the idea that other people are talking about her house having a mortgage, which I don't totally know that she even understood what they were saying at that point. Like I, and I genuinely like not even like I I just, the way that I think it was like Alexia responded in a confessional where she was like, I don't know that Lisa knows what a mortgage is. Like, it's not a big deal to have a mortgage. It doesn't mean that you don't have wealth, but do you think Lisa's response in any way was because it, the idea of her house as this showpiece is also a symbol of her marriage. Yeah, no, probably. I, that that house is like so important to them. They've been like bu- right? building it throughout the entirety of like the hiatus of the show, and then they come back to the show, and it's like, look at our big house, look at our beautiful life. Like, right. What was her tagline? Like, my husband made the beautiful wife, and I created the perfect life, or something. I don't know, mm. something like that. So yeah, that probably really triggered her. I also think that just in my discussions with the cast that they they think that she had that instinct that something was wrong and that was her just like sort of like projecting those like fears and insecurities into this stupid feud about a mortgage Mm. also i like (laughs) what you were saying about larsa earlier i I love her too she just has this like it's like an art the way she like verbally annihilates someone because it's like she says it so like like relaxed but it cuts so deep yeah i would not want to get into an argument with her not even to say that she would win the argument i just think that she would hurt me like <laughs> em- like emotionally devastate yeah. me like for yeah. sure and i like want to know like did lisa know what she was getting herself in? well actually do you know what i think she did because you catch that moment when she's with kiki and marisol at marisol's house and she says the thing about the Instagram account and the OnlyFans and the hookers and the drug dealers or whatever. Mm. And she immediately is like, this is going to be used against me. Right. I can't believe I said this. It's like she know- – that was a weird, like, break the fourth wall moment for her. Yeah, and I think it happened – we saw it happen on Miami in the premiere episode. And we saw it happen on Potomac this week when Ashley is, like, uh, dropping information about shit that Candace said um, about Karen right after – Candace's uh, Instagram live stuff had been, you know, used in such a public display. And there is the reaction in real time of Candace being like, I thought even though cameras were there, I thought I did not think you would use this against me. And now I have to react to the idea that I look duplicitous and that I think Karen is really hurt. Like the processing of the idea that even if you don't necessarily like this person, you're working on your friendship, can you let your guard down? Like what, how do you go through the process of reacting to someone spilling information in real time? Yeah, I know that was really weird. I, 
I couldn't believe it when Robin set that speaker oh my God. on the table. Robin. Well, I, I, Danny and I chatted with Candace this morning, and I my question for Candace was like, you know, look, Robin was the only one who supported Chris really, mm. like like vocally, like mm-hmm. full throated with her entire chest, like supported Chris, like even despite her green eyed bandit alliance mm-hmm. and Giselle being the instigator of this drama, she was still like, I don't think that's Chris's style. Like that's not him. And I asked Candace, I was like, you know, watching the season back and seeing how much she was like pro Chris in the situation. Did it like maybe recontextualize her decision to put that speaker on the table? Because I think maybe she feels like she had gone so hard for you and Chris and then she felt like you had grouped her in with those hoes. Definitely. But Candace, classic Candace, she was like, no, she can use context clues. She knows that I wasn't talking about her. And to like put that speaker on the table was like the ultimate betrayal. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it was weird how hard Robin and Giselle were hyping each other up where they're like, let's name people in the cast that she's talking about because she's talking about all this. And if she's talking about all of us, that means she hates all of us. And if she hates all of us, that means that everything she ever said is fake and that she doesn't appreciate anything that you've ever done to her individually with any individual moment. Yes. So let's humiliate. Like, You're it so felt right. like they were trying to talk each other into the idea that this was a bigger deal than it was. Right. But then Candace's reaction was I don't know if that was because of the hype and because of this like weird fucking clownery surprise but it did also confuse me a little bit because she said I didn't think what she said was a big deal but also like you know just kind of own it yeah yeah I know well I guess like when she I think her reaction she was surprised that she had to clarify who she was talking about yeah and I guess like now that I'm thinking about what she told me this morning I guess she's kind of right like Robin Wendy and Karen should have known that they weren't the hoes the bitches she was telling to fuck off (laughs) like like just kind of like you I don't know use your brain I guess I, I feel like she was like really frustrated but they that. but they were using their brain like what they realized was this is the perfect thing that we can use like this is an example of someone not in their eyes being real or being mean which in the context of everything that's happened or the ways that these women are talking about what happened at that fucking dinner yeah. it just feels like uh, comically dumb <laughs> which is why it's hard to see her engage in it but also if I was Candace in real time regardless of the TV crew I'm sure I would be really fucking pissed because yeah. you're trying to hu- it's like there's a difference between oh god like shaming someone and humiliating mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and it felt like they were pretending that they were trying to like shame someone for what they said, but really what they were doing was humiliating her. Totally. Totally. Like, and I think that Robin could have came to Candace and was just, could have been like, girl, what are you talking about me? I like, I don't think you were, but like, just like, let's just confirm that. Like you weren't grouping me in with those people. Um, so yeah, it was a weird, Robin is acting What's going on? Different this season. Like, I, the whole pulling out the phone and saying, like, I'm TMZ now, it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And honestly, like, I thought, like, 
Robin was kind of like a fan favorite for a while. And, you know, the fandom on Twitter isn't really vibing Mm. with Robin Mm -hmm. these days. And everyone is so supportive or seems to be so supportive from what I've seen of Dr. Wendy on social media. It seems like Chris and Candace are getting a lot of support on social media. It seems like the fandom is kind of like turning on the unreasonably shady duo Mm. a little bit. Um, I don't know. I I've always been a fan of both Robin and Giselle, mm-hmm. um, but I'm kind of looking sideways at Robin this season. And it was it was kind of like annoying though when she was talking about the Wendy versus Mia because like Robin hasn't ever been like particularly like super Team Mia, and then she kind of just explained it in a confessional like, yeah, I'm Team Mia because I hate Wendy so much. Which I don't know that just like felt so ick to me. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. 
unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at Windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. But that's what she was, the reaction. It's never the crime. It's always the cover up. And Mm. her reaction, everyone's reaction, or overwhelmingly everyone's reaction, was so overblown and stupid to me. Stupid. And the ways that they talk about shame versus like humiliation, the way that they tried to shame Wendy for what I thought was like Mia's problem is so weird to me it's just stupid and also you're on a fucking trip you guys travel to miami at what point is there a recognition of the fact that you shouldn't have a choice but to film with each other the fact that they are being allowed quote unquote to decide if this person gets to film with the group on a group trip because mia is annoyed because mia is the one who threw the drink and like whatever else is so stupid to me totally mia was the one who got violent she not only threw a drink but she like literally chucked her purse at wendy which i feel like it's so weird like the drink toss is getting so much attention but like no one's talking about the fact that she like threw like a a, a very sturdy handbag at (laughs) at wendy um and yeah you make a great point like why does mia get to call the shots when she's the one who became violent also i mean maybe i need to rewatch it like several more times i'm not sure but like I don't think what Wendy said about supposedly said about Mia's husband was that insane. I think basically Wendy was just saying, like, I don't need to let a man know where I am at all times, whether it's Peter, whether it's my husband. Like, I don't care. Like, maybe if that's how you and G roll, that's fine. But that's not me. I don't think that was like the wildest thing. And I definitely don't think that it deserved a drink toss. I mean, Mia has apologized. For the drink toss. She said that she regrets it, of course. I mean, of course. In a tweet that she, like, proceeded by yeah. not taking responsibility. And then everybody was like, wow, look at how mature Mia is because of her follow-up. And it's like, okay, did you see part one? Like, that yeah. was a two-parter. And also, who cares if she's taking responsibility because she's getting pushback on social media? She didn't acknowledge in real time the the lightest possible lift, which is Wendy being like, Mia, I'm sorry. For her to pretend that apology wasn't for me, it's like it was directed at you and done in a group setting, which is a lot to do when you know, as Dr. Wendy does, that like most of these people don't like you. So for Dr. Right. Wendy to do that and at least be like, 
I am going to take responsibility for my part in this. And then to pretend that she didn't just say those things directly about you, you know, because you weren't like allowing her to look at you in the eye or something. It's really dumb. It's like it's so fucking dumb that I hate to say this because like I have felt like a little weird about Dr. Wendy, but like all of a sudden my memory washes away. I can only think about this interaction moving forward, even though I've been critical about her and I think deservedly so because I just think this whole thing is so fucking obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dr. Wendy even said at the table, like, this is for me. Like she she said she literally was like, I'm going to address this card to yeah. you. Dear Mia, care of shitty house that you arranged <laughs> on this bullshit trip that we're pretending right. you hosted Miami, Florida, zip code, zip code, zip code, you know, zero, zero. Like, yeah. dear Mia, I am sorry for my part in you throwing a drink at me and then right. an accessory that like I would love to see what that actually was. And so my participation in this is on me. And for her to be like, well, that wasn't real. What what would have made that apology real? What what would have made it real? I don't know. I look with Mia. I liked her her first season. I'm always rooting for the underdog when everyone's ganging up on one girl. Like I'm I'm, every circus needs a clown or that. (laughs) Yes. I'm always rooting for the underdog. Sometimes the clown. And I, I, yeah, I was rooting for her, her first season and this season. I like came into it like, okay, like I hope like Mia has like a wonderful sophomore season, but it, yeah, it's not working out for her. Like her actions I do not love. Um, and the addition of Jacqueline. Oh my God. What is that? Like, it's so bad. And, and not because Jacqueline's not a great person. I don't really know much about we her. We don't know anything about her. All I know is that she speaks too much for Mia and that Mia's fucking rude to her. And it's just like, it's a weird dynamic that I don't need to see. But the thing about Mia, like why I brought up that I was like rooting for her and yeah. I hope that things worked out for her. An interesting observation that I had at the Potomac panel during BravoCon is like, no one on that cast was like fucking with her. like. Ashley was and Ashley's a kind soul I I love Ashley Darby to death Mm. she was sitting next to her on the couch and she like kind of acknowledged her but like no like really no one was like truly vibing with her like whatsoever it felt like she was like on her own little island and like even the moderator Gia Peppers who was great she was phenomenal she killed it she killed it she was phenomenal so good but I felt like there wasn't really even a question for Mia it just kind of feels like Mia like alienators the only question for me was about her cancer scare and that's kind of like on Mia I mean at that point obviously we hadn't seen Miami otherwise there would have been more questions but even then listen I know that people come really hard for Giselle and Robin and I appreciate them on the show I have um a lot of affection for Giselle I think she's a phenomenal top tier housewife so I'm not gonna be I just don't it wouldn't I would be lying if I was like oh my god Giselle like I just don't feel that but like god bless if you do like we can all agree to disagree about how we see someone and hold them accountable and whatever else like I if I was moderating a panel or a cast member of a panel and it's like Candace who fucking killed it that whole weekend Mm -hmm. Robin killed it during the panel and was like asking questions and be and genuinely holding people accountable because she seemed to be purely curious which was fantastic um Dr. Wendy I don't remember what she did but she was doing some stuff like Karen was killing it and was like Mm -hmm. dragging Giselle and it was very funny and then Mia's there it's like what are you what are you gonna ask her like ma'am how's your day going you're not at this level the 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 thing to me that's like 
fun about Mia is that she's so much worse at this than everybody else. Like, I think that's great. Like that, if you have a role to play, like you should have that. You should make bad decisions and be full of yourself based on absolutely no evidence that makes you worthy of holding this power in your head. Like you were the host of this trip because production decided that that would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. And apparently they decided that Jacqueline is like deserving of a chance to participate and we all love a participation trophy yes i think hers is lost in the mail maybe mia was in charge of mailing it maybe that's why it hasn't appeared but like (laughs) mia's there and i think that's wonderful because i actually do think it's helpful to have a really weak link like i i don't like the way that ashley came for mia and mia just sat there you you don't you don't have the capacity here you can't yes and you just say um okay bye like she doesn't she can't do it she can't improv she can't play jazz like we are watching excellent live musicians play beautiful music and mia you know she's trying to sing and that's great and i love (laughs) that for her like i love that she's it's it's charming to me i have almost affection for the way that she is clowning so hard i think that that's a really Everybody needs a purpose in this world. And I think that Mia's purpose, when it comes to conflict, I'm not taking away from her personal story, which is incredibly powerful, but when it like comes to conflict and like the other stuff, uh-huh. like you, it's good to have a foundation of having a personal story and experience. But Housewives is built on everything else. Mm-hmm. And also, looks like some of that foundation's kind of fucked because you lost your business to like warring members of your family. Yeah. Oh my God! I know. God, <laughs> I love that oration about Mia. I mean, you kind of touched into like your your inner Larsa there. I mean, it's it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Jo- I think it's great. Like, I think I I'm not honestly, if I think about it, against her not returning. I think it's helpful to have someone who is not at the level of everybody else uh-huh. because it's like no disrespect, truly no disrespect meant. Men. And I I I I don't want to like. <laughs> equalize their participation but it's a little bit like having julia on miami like she's not really like Mm. you know what i'm saying like it's helpful and we love her well i mean like i i don't i i can't say that i love her but like like you don't know her enough well it's just like this person isn't like doing the thing that other people are doing Mm. but that's good like we want to have people we want to have alphas we want to have betas and we want to have people who are having perfect attendance and i think that julia has perfect attendance Uh and like brings things to the table but she's not going to be the gal that i'm like ooh, have you seen miami wait till you see what julia did it's the same thing with me i'm like wow mia Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, come on. Who's, I, I, raise your hand, honestly. If someone calls to you in Housewives 101 in class and says, who's your favorite housewife? Who's going to be like Mia? You make a great point. And I acknowledge this as someone who's a stan of Shan. So, like, <sighs> that is a joke. Like, I, I think that's maybe that's where I have a different difference of opinion because I stand for someone who is like, so sweet and so wonderful, but like so broken. Uh-huh. So if that is your number one go-to, I think that there's like a sensibility here that's maybe mm. a little different than being like a tyrant for Mel- Melissa or Teresa or mm. LVP or Bethany even. Like, I think that there's like, we're a little bit more loosey-goosey, the four of us who mm. have Shan as our number one. <laughs> yeah. So, But it's like, Mia, come on. Like, but you don't have to, you don't have to be the best housewife. You don't have to be anybody's favorite. But it's right. just weird that the people in the cast are pretending that she's favored. Yeah, 
totally. Yeah, for her to get this like preferential treatment from the Green Eyed Bandit. Based on what? Yeah. Because you're a host because production told you that that was going to be your shtick? Yeah. And also like fighting for your family. I mean, you're fighting with your family because we've heard about that on social media, but like over G because of, because Wendy said what, because she was responding to the disrespect, disrespect you were flinging her way because you decided like Peter's a first cousin for you. He's the member of your family that you're defending because you need to get your family members permission before you go on a trip. Yeah, it was weird. And then I think even Dr. Wendy said that at one point when she had the, the lunch with Candace and Ashley and Karen, she was like, and for Peter? You did this for Peter? And then where is Peter? Where did he go? Is he coming back? Is he done? Was that was that it for Peter? I don't know. I don't I can't imagine that uh Dr. Wendy is pursuing the Nigerian lounge anymore after this. Talk about like making someone's reputation really weird. Who knew <laughs> that Peter, bar one, yeah. like businessman of the year in whatever state his liens currently reside <laughs> yeah. is like the guy to fight over this is the thing with Nia it's like <gasps> how much of this is because you actually f- I would have more resp- I would have any respect for her if I felt like she actually meant it but I say that noting that I think she's dumb enough to like actually she's she's playing out she- the loop is going in her uh-huh. head and I think that's great like I really appreciate that about her because every circus needs a clown like so I I appreciate that. Like, she brought us this moment, and we can't take that away from her. I think in one part of her apology, she did say that she is sorry. She was committed to entertaining us. Yeah, she blames the edit. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Which part of it? I mean, that is, again, like, who's going to, you don't need to be a favorite, but it's just weird to me that Giselle and Robin couldn't come up with something else. Like if you want to fuck with Dr. Wendy, like do it actively. Giselle is the kind of girl who rolls up to somebody at the fucking first party and goes like, you don't look like you have cancer. Like she will be direct. So why are you being so passive here while also being incredibly reactive and explosive? Like skip over Mia and just go to Wendy. Yeah. Why aren't you doing that? It is really weird. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Wait, what do you think of the Jen Shaw, Angie K? Can you please explain to me? Oh, um, don't fuck with my hair ever. Oh. <laughs> don't fuck with my blowout. It's okay, like, okay. don't fuck with my blowout. And also, if you're gonna come for my shoes, you better do that while having mm. a light vest. You will not survive the As waters. I, like, look at your like Manolo. It's literally Manolo's it, yeah. all <laughs> on all of these walls. Yeah. <laughs> But you do, you don't touch my things. Like if you want to disrespect, she probably is. I mean, it's probably like you know because so much of Jen's wardrobe was purchased with stolen funds. Obviously, mm. it, it, she doesn't feel get it. Mm. She doesn't get it because yeah. like she she did work hard. She's a very hard worker, which <laughs> yeah. is why her fraud lasted for so long. And like good good for you, Caduce. Uh-huh. But like I think because she you know, was using other people's money to finance her luxury lifestyle. Like she doesn't understand that like that $1,500 somebody. It doesn't hold the same weight. It doesn't hold the same weight, which is like, you're going to throw Also who's bringing $1,500 on a boat. Like make that make sense. But (laughs) it it was a weird, I don't know, like Jen and Angie K. I don't, I don't know quite what to say. What do you think? I mean, I guess like I didn't like as someone who doesn't, get blowouts it didn't trigger me oh love a blowout but oh my uh, it's, god it's kind of like probably your version of a spray tan 
Like, well, I do them very rarely in advance of events. And once I have a blowout, I'm like, well, I'm fully dressed. Yeah. Like a blowout (laughs) to me, like makes truly if I like go to a black tie event or something or if I'm looking working, whatever I wear, what I would wear to anything else. But I have a fucking blowout. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in it. I mean, when I saw it, I thought it was like kind of like funny and entertaining. And I did kind of like how whether, you know, she probably did this because she felt like she had no other choice in that moment. But I like that she poured it on herself as well. That seemed to like ease the tension a little bit i don't know i but then again i i kind of appreciate angie k for going so hard um because it makes things interesting i i think she's like could be on her way to getting a snowflake do you think do you want angie k to get a snowflake i mean i think it could be interesting i feel like she could definitely step into a villain role for sure and we're gonna need that i mean actually now that i think about it kind of like everyone on the Salt Lake City cast at one point or another has kind of had like a a villain edit. moment. Yeah, right? Wait, a villain edit you mean this season? I just think like throughout the course of like the three years, like everyone, maybe with the exception of Meredith. I don't think Meredith has ever had like a villainous arc, but I think that like Heather is weirdly kind of getting into like villainry. I don't know. I I, I sense that. Not, I, not as a person. I just think like her role on the show like i i don't i don't know I'm, i don't know why i'm sensing that but I'm, I'm feeling like um like a darkness well she's being more actively manipulative maybe in front of cameras than she has been before i also don't and i love heather i've interviewed her a few times i truly do love her and i've, I've actually never interviewed whitney I've, I've never met whitney but i don't love the hands on whitney and we've oh. seen that a few times and i don't i do not love it i hate when someone like even nudges me playfully i'm like yeah i like oh like i just like do not judge me <laughs> and yet then heather like on the boat thing was like i'm gonna protect whitney's shoes which i was honestly surprised by i mean love to see it love to see it yeah. wasn't entirely successful but did a for effort <laughs> at least she's halfway there yeah right <laughs> yeah oh god i mean there was that moment in the it's always in a sprinter van in that like sprinter van car whatever the fuck they were in or maybe it was a limo, I forget, where Angie K did say or to or about Jen, I think that she had gotten conned because of not paying, because Jen didn't reimburse yeah. her, which I thought was an interesting moment because it was one of the first times that someone actually used language that Jen is hearing in another context. Yeah. Which I thought was like a little brave. A little brave and a little genius and, like, a little snowflake worthy, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah, I don't know how much I, like, care about Angie's personal life, which is that it's usually, like, the added step of being a housewife is that Uh we see more of their life, but we don't really know anything about it. So, like, maybe there's something there. Yeah, it could be interesting. You never know. I don't know. I I think she's kind of giving, like, good confessionals, like, the the comment about the necklace, like, that's good. Like, she doesn't want the... (laughs) Southern District of New York to snatch it off her neck. Like, that was good. What did you think of the end of the episode in these women sort of fighting to be Jen's friend or whatever? I think it's interesting. I mean, yeah, like fighting to be the best friend of like this potentially fraudulent woman is odd i mean now we know she's like admitted her guilt to defrauding the elderly like defrauding the elderly like i don't i don't know like 
it is kind of weird. But what I will say is like I've experienced Jen's charisma in person. You want to be around her. You want to be her best friend. Like you want to hang out with her. Like I, I have experienced it firsthand. So like maybe, you know, being around her more often, I, I maybe I would fight to be her best friend. But if she's screaming at you, trying to like bully you into saying that you will do whatever the fuck she wants and we know what she is alleged to want to do, mm-hmm. why are you fighting? So shouldn't it be? And I know this is like part of the thing with being Jin Shah, but like, shouldn't she be like looking to be a good friend to these women so they don't <laughs> desert her I in mean, this you would terrible think, time? Yeah, you would think. Wouldn't that be a better strategy? I've, yeah, I don't know. It's like her delusion really gets her far. I Sometimes I feel yes. like delusional people are the most successful people. Why? They like, I mean. We got <laughs> We're pointing to the jelly beans <laughs> like, that Kelly she, she, like people like Kelly Benson, like who I think some people would possibly call to it's maybe it's their genius though Mm. i I don't know it's like they live in an alternate reality and i think sometimes that's like the key to success how does delusion though affect a person's journey on housewives because delusion is great but it's also chaotic which means you don't necessarily know what direction that person's going on through go, you know, like what direction that person is leading us to. Right. Which sometimes I feel like the delusion that creates the chaos creates this like fun journey, you know, like, I don't know. Delusion leads you to strange and wonderful places sometimes or scary places like federal prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love to watch it. Wherever you're going, I'm I'm going to follow you. And yet, if you know in real time that this person is delusional to the point of fraud, to the point of criminal acts, I don't totally understand the ways that we're positioning her on camera because it feels like you're doing less of a favor to Jen than you're trying to do for yourself. And like, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but I felt that a little bit in like Meredith's responses to the Jen stuff because Mm. it did feel like there was an air of like she's so much fun like dot 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 I really like her dot 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 I have a lot of empathy for what we're going through dot 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 and Lisa sucks (laughs) yeah like do we understand that like the ways that Lisa sucks versus Jen sucks are very different or do we only apply being a bad friend as more of a priority than like maybe being a bad person yeah I mean I think that could be it like at the end of the day like Jen didn't defraud Meredith Meredith didn't she though she said that not only did she say repeatedly that she was innocent but she also pretended to be this person that she's not someone who was a right the you know in the middle of this huge federal you know positioning to that was never right right no you're you are right there but i guess like the way in which jen defrauded meredith it probably didn't like cut as deep as the way lisa Lisa defrauded meredith and yeah i i think just you know, the nature of what Lisa said in her not hot mic rant yeah. in her, as Meredith called it, a childish tantrum. 
um, I think that is just really hard to recover from because it was so personal. Whereas like, you know, Meredith doesn't know Graham and Gramps who got defrauded in Ohio. And then there's someone like Heather who Jen called Shrek, who is then trying to remind Jen of that during their fight on the new app. And Jen's like, I've always had your back. Yeah. Wait, did Jen call? Oh, Jen did call her Shrek. Oh, didn't she? Or she liked a tweet or something. Something like that. And then Lisa called her a Lego. Oh, I don't remember the Lego thing. So many childhood memories are wrapped up into this. (laughs) Legos, Shrek. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, um... No, that yeah, you make a great point. It, the the blind loyalty to Jen on Heather's part, I know, is a polarizing topic on social media among the fandom. I mean, it's hard to understand. I think unless you've experienced Jen Shaw in real life, like I know I keep kind of saying it, but I can see how she enraptures you with her energy whether it's like good or bad it's like you get sucked into that tornado or I can see it because like I did for like four hours yeah you know so I don't know it is really weird though it's like who cares if you call me Shrek like whatever I don't give a fuck well but I also just think like the second that like you're arrested and like the FBI I would just think that's like tornado warning yeah you know like right like we okay like if you get wrapped up in this because it's in the middle of happening I get that and like as you like delusional people can find great success like there is if the performance starts from within I mean you're gonna egot but you're also (laughs) gonna do a lot of bad shit but if you're getting signs that Heather previous to the um indictments had talked about like Jen's unsavory business practices and she's had an unsavory way of um maintaining and displaying friendship I mean, at what point does the delusion shift? Because Jen is in the middle of a per- the performance of her life. Yeah. But what does that say about the other people who are just like watching her and doing, you know, watching her and going for the applause? Yeah. Does that make any sense? I don't no. know if that makes any sense. No, that, that does make sense. Honestly, it gives me a lot to think about because like I've... Uh, throughout the course of the season i've been like thinking of jenna's like a a good time girl who just kind of like fucked up um but you have like like on a on a surface superficial level like when i don't when i don't sit there with my thoughts at night thinking about it like just you know like at the top of my brain it's like oh my god jen Shaw, like she's like she does bring so much to the show like i enjoy her on the show so like in my head she's just like another fun housewife character like i will be honest like i'm when i think about jen Shaw, i I'm not thinking about the indictment all the time. I'm no, thinking, I get that. I'm thinking about her like pouring champagne on sure. people's heads. And, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I get that. You know, so I don't know, but I should probably think more about it. Well, I also think that's the tension of the show right now because you still want these women to have fun. You still want them to connect with each other. So there is the I think some of these women at a certain point, it's like you have to force yourself not to focus on that because your job is to connect or disconnect within mm. the construct of the environment that you're currently currently in, which is one in which Jen is saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. So I don't take that away from them at all. And I acknowledge how difficult that can be. And I'm not going to like be on my high horse being like, 
you know, you can only speak on behalf of the victims because I think this is where the environment and the landscape of housewives gets incredibly complicated, especially when there are real in real time crimes Mm. taking place or being uncovered, announced, whatever else. Like same with what happened on Beverly Hills. But for me, it's just really interesting to see Meredith and Heather talk so much about their almost like the mutual respect that they share with Jen, Mm -hmm. because I think that is maybe a way to process what's going on and to communicate the experience of filming Housewives with Jen this season. But I, I think that they both do consider themselves friends with Jen Mm -hmm. and like, does Jen deserve their friendship? You know, like, why are we going so hard in real time and like talking about how great she is and how much fun you have together? Is that because you know she won't be here any longer like in this on this show? So it's a lighter lift. Yeah, maybe honestly, probably. Right. Like, yeah, I mean. And just makes it easier. And maybe that's why like Meredith has had so much animus toward Lisa because her expectations were mm. placed more in reality than in the housewives universe. Right. Yeah. No, that completely agree. I think I th- that's why I think that's why it hurts more in the whole Lisa situation. I think that's also why Heather was like immediately at least communicative and being like, "Listen, if Angie H fucked up, like am I still going to be her friend?" Yeah, and am I going to advise her not to publicly apologize to you? Yeah. Because Maybe, you know, like, regardless of what they did, like, are you deserving of that? Uh-huh. And also, who's going to be here at the end of the day? It's probably right. not going to be you. Yeah, totally. It's tough. I heard there's I think there's like whispers that she is going to be at the reunion. Jen Shaw. Well, I mean, Mr. Page Six, what are we hearing? I mean, that's that is like what we're hearing. It's like not totally confirmed. yet. I don't think we've reported it, but like there's definitely some blogs that have said it. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But with that kind of thing, Bravo would never, like, confirm for us. And so anything could happen leading up to reunion. Either she doesn't show up or she's taken out. So that's, like, a kind of, like, a hard thing to report on. Do you think she would be there the whole time? Or do you think they would have her come on for an act? Like a special segment? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's actually probably the way to go. Since I think it should right? be, like, just focused on that. Because it would be kind of weird to, like, ask her opinion about frivolous things when, like, she pled guilty to defrauding elderly people. So, yeah, I, I would imagine it would be some sort of, like, segment situation. And then, like, maybe have the four other girls with the Angies and, the, and Dana for, like, the entire thing. Because, like, four girls is, like, not a lot for a reunion. Right. I mean, that's something that Jeff Lewis was talking about on Watch What Happens last night on one of the most iconic and honestly inspirational, aspirational episodes of Watch What Happens I have ever seen in my entire life. He was saying to Andy and Andy like didn't have a response, which was also iconic. He was like, don't you you have like three people left? Like, yeah. and Jeff was like, listen, she's a good character on the show, like regardless of what's going on, which again is a part of the struggle of like, how do you judge a show when there is something so IRL happening in real yeah. time, it's it's difficult. And should you be, are you the judge and jury? Isn't there someone in Manhattan's like district, yada yada, who is handling that? Like Jeff just truly was like, it's absurd. You have like three people. Like, how's that going to work out for you? Right. I know. So I, I mean, I hope she is there because like, 
she's going to be a topic of discussion. My, she kind of has, like, not a whole lot to lose. I mean, I know the sentencing isn't until January 6th, and the reunion, I think, happens on, like, the 16th or 17th or something. So, I mean, I guess it could... Because the reunion won't be out by the 6th, I would imagine. So, like, whoever's handling her sentencing wouldn't have seen it, so it couldn't really impact her sentencing. So, in a way, like, she kind of has nothing to lose unless, like, the sentencing keeps getting pushed. <laughs> and they're filming the reunion this week? Um, I believe, like, the 16th, 17th, 15th. like the, some, Oh, of December. Yeah. Some, so next week. Yeah. I don't even know what day we're on. Yeah, somewhere in that time frame, I believe. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's going to be wild. So what are you most excited about covering, discussing, and watching when it comes to Miami, Potomac, Salt Lake right now? Um, What's I'm, your vibe? I Well, my vibe is so Miami. I love mm. it so much. It's mm. just, it's so good. There's something about the reboot that feels a little different than the other franchises. I don't know what it is. I think it might be like the pacing. Like, I feel like everything for the most part, like Miami feels like so big picture to me. Like everything is like a... Like for the, the, I don't know, like it's mm-hmm. like, it feels like expansive and like every, mm-hmm. we're, I don't know how to explain it. Whereas no, I hear like, you. I totally get it. Like Beverly Hill sometimes I feel like we're so laser so focused small. on it's like so one issue. Mm-hmm. And then like Miami is this like gorgeous, colorful mm. symphony of feuds and friendships and I don't know. And it's just like aesthetically pleasing. So I love, love, love Miami. Um, I'm excited that Salt Lake City seems to be sort of like picking up now. They're going to... uh get more into this like San Diego trip and like mm-hmm. the friends that are going to become more involved and I can't wait to see that play out and then with Potomac I mean Potomac is just like top tier every episode yes. it's like so good like we're talking about a symphony like and you were kind of making that musical comparison mm-hmm. earlier we have everyone playing their instruments beautifully we have Mia singing off key it's just like <laughs> it's so wonderful so I can't wait to see uh more of that i can't wait to see trina and candace film their music video yes. on the show the little the like little clip in the mid-season trailer just like looked like so expensive and mm. beautiful and like i can't wait to see that i live for a, a pop star housewife especially someone like candace who like is and like actually a pop star you know like she mm-hmm. like actually has the talent so i love 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 that I mean, drive back, you know, like my fun thing when someone comes to the apartment to record is I always play, it's typically Lou, but like I always play some sort of like housewives Uh jam, but like, I I mean, and they're fun. They're fun feeling Giovanni. Mm. I remember the feeling that I had when I first listened to it. I was like, (laughs) oh my God. But drive back is like a legit song. I mean, that's like a legit pop song. It almost like doesn't fit in it doesn't the the discography of right housewives like uh, that's why when she came out during watch what happens live yep i was uh, at BravoCon. i was kind of surprised because i saw sheena in the corner yes i i didn't see i saw kenny i saw sheena and i was like then candace came out and i was like wait like one thing does not one thing is not like the other here but i love that she still like participated of course and then candace after was like i was the only one singing live as if like that was <laughs> and it's like of co- of course you were because yeah. you are an actual singer right. performer and th- that's not what's going on here otherwise <laughs> right which yeah. is a part of the fun like i quote on display on display each uh, and every day every day every, every day literally every day yeah. every day every day that is truly my favorite housewife single of all time is it I, I love that one yeah it's so good it's so like and just the time it was released too it was very, it, it has that like mm. kind of early gaga like britney circus feel kind of like yeah like post blackout Definitely put Melissa Gorga in that category. Yeah. I'm here for this. Gaga, Brittany, Melissa. <laughs> I hope she's listening to this. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So you like that more than 
tardy for the party? Tardy for the party is good, um, but I do prefer on display. And do you prefer that as like a historic artifact for housewives pop stars or do you prefer that because you actually like the song more i do actually like the song yeah more. yeah yeah, yeah and i, get, and I think I that melissa you know we talk, we say candace is kind of like on another level and she totally is but melissa too i feel like can carry a tune better than kim better than Luan. i mean i mean like, the bar yeah <laughs> but i think i think that like melissa actually kind of has like a nice voice like she gets by you know and I, I'm a big fan of autotune. I love autotune. Do you? I love like extreme autotune also. Like I, I just love it. You know, like I'm a, I'm a Kylie, Britney, JLo kind of guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just got to like give me a performance. I don't, I don't really care if you can hit the note. Oh my God. So if there was a housewife, if every housewife on the universe was announcing that they were doing a tour and they were going to like <laughs> whatever, wherever near you, who would you want to see first? probably melissa you would i want her to revive her pop career look candace of candace told me that she's going on tour again which i love but that doesn't count like she's that's a that's a different situation mm. but like i think that like melissa would be like my dream performance i have seen erica jane and she was fun okay um but since i haven't seen melissa i would rather <laughs> see melissa at this point um and yeah or ash oh coffee and love Oh actually, my god, now that, Coffee and now, Love singing that love song with her brother. Oh my god. Now that we're talking about Housewife singles, actually, I think Coffee and Love and On Display kind of tie for my top two favorite. There's just something so joyous. Coffee and Love I is love your it. number. No, I love it. I I love Coffee and Love. And what is it about Coffee and Love that is so meaningful and joyous to you? Well, I love this journey. I start every day with a Trenta Ice Coffee from Oh, so it's Starbucks, speaking to you. It's, so, it's speaking to you as a person. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And I just love Ashley Darby so much personally. And I, I talk about autotune. It is like the perfect little sprinkle of autotune that she uses in that song. And I don't know. It was just like such a feel good song. And like the lyrics are like so beautifully cheesy. It just doesn't, it doesn't get better. Like when she, I love to look at those baby blues or like, um, <laughs> uh, judge and Judy's and bitter Betty's. Oh my God. And then there's also a part where she like, I think, Oh, she says like, um, something about me and, Michael will never stop. Like she literally name drops Michael, which like doesn't really hold up now, but like I still love it. I wonder if she would replace that. Maybe she could Maybe do like a, like a like a coffee and love 2.0 and talk about Luke. Maybe the next journey is like tea and bagels oh. or something. Like you know, like <laughs> coffee we're and love tea and bagels. <laughs> in the next generation, can I actually ask you one quick question about Ashley before we wrap? Which was there was what was it? Did it happen on an episode? This is where I get confused. Episode versus IRL, but somebody I think it was it had to have been Candace was talking about like is this divorce even real? Maybe that was mm, in the yeah mid-season whatever I forget or it happened on an episode what do you think about what she's sharing with us about this separation and maybe divorce do you feel like it's on the up and up I think that there like isn't an uh I do think there is a serious intent to separate from Michael I just think that it's hard to do so because she like entered the relationship when she was so young I, I do think that like before housewives came into her life like she was very dependent on him and I just feel like they had this like very specific institution set up and now she's figuring out how to dismantle it mm. and i think that she's just like kind of getting through it and figuring out how to do it the 
best way possible, the like um, the most financially beneficial way possible for her. I don't know. I think that I think that it is authentic. I don't think that like Candace said she was like panhandling a divorce. <laughs> I I don't think she's panhandling a divorce. I do think that she like obviously wants to move on from Michael, but just wants to do so in the best way. And I just don't, I think right now what we're seeing on the show, I don't think she's like figured out what that is. I mean, it, the buying the house under his name, like there are weird, it's weird. It's weird. It's Mm -hmm. just weird. I mean, but then again, like they, it it wasn't a typical relationship. So of course the breakup is going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, and also, like, what happens when it really shifts? We haven't seen that take place yet. And, like, apparently we're going to see it where he's, like, kind of, like, it seems like he's sort of holding shit over her head and mm-hmm. uh, doing all that. So, I don't know. I'm just happy she's with Cutie Luke and s- seemingly thriving. It looks like she's TikToking from a different location, so maybe yes. she got that house after all. I don't know. I, I wonder what that looks like, like, when it comes to the – on-camera versus off-camera lessons that she's learned like how are we applying that in real time and also how are you going to be discussing this when it comes to the reunion like what's happened between now and then I know I can't wait it also makes me think a little bit about um unorthodox because I watched the second season mm -hmm. in one day I am super it was like I was exhausted I don't know why I just was like this is the show that I need to watch right now and I love the second season a lot more than the first because so much of it was literally happening absolutely in real time yeah I still need to get into it but like oh my god I feel like I would like it it. was nuts I mean she's literally saying we're gonna have the happiest most like (laughs) friendly divorce she goes to you know um drinks with friends I think the majority of whom have uh, experienced some sort of like disillusion of marriage divorce and they're like you're that's not going to happen like you that literally is not going to happen she's like it is it is and then within a week it's absolute war on page six yeah and we were covering that in court (laughs) yeah geez oh my god i need to watch that i feel like i would enjoy it have you heard from lenny at all about the coverage on Um, page six any like responses yeah he'll he engages and interacts with us when like he feels he needs to or like his lawyer will so yeah he he plays ball does he want to be in the spotlight still even if that comes with a connection to lisa in media circles no i can't really tell i mean like i know that at one point early on in the relationship like his girlfriend gave us an interview and so like they're definitely not shying away from the press so i guess he he still kind of likes it i mean look he's like saying terrible things to Mm. lisa on camera knowing that you're gonna want to respond yeah so yeah i i think he still likes the press if i were to guess that is also the thing that's kind of interesting when it comes to like the ways that some of these former husbands have talked about Mm. the housewives platform and have dismissed it dismissed it marginalized it made fun of it i'm thinking of um kenya's ex-husband mark mm -hmm. i'm thinking of michael darby like the way that they've talked about the show being beneath them and in doing so absolutely um dragging their spouse at that point because they're an active participant like what happens when the platform goes away but there's still attention on you and your life and you don't have that as an aid yeah it's interesting how the tables turn so lenny will figure it out i mean 
what better ending to the episode than <laughs> yeah. a little to be continued. Evan Real, tell the folks when they can listen to the Candace interview, a little bit more about what you've got coming up. Do people have access to the live show? Yes. Yeah, so a version of the live show is actually going up today. So a, a truncated version of the podcast will be available to listen to. And then the full, like nearly two hour live show mm. will be in its entirety on YouTube on page six is YouTube. So you can watch it there. And then, yeah, new episodes of virtual reality drop every Thursday. So the, the live show is dropping today as we're recording. Yes. And then next week should be Candace Candace's episode and then oh, we have um Heather McDonald coming <gasps> oh! on the show which should be really fun and then I think that's that's all we have booked for now but yeah and then if you want to follow me on Instagram at Evan Real which they absolutely do. And guys, number one way of supporting the podcast is joining the Andy's Girls Patreon. Some fun news coming out next week and Patreon uh, supporters are going to hear about it first and also get something else. So join the Andy's Girls Patreon. I'm recording a deep dive of Miami. I've only seen the premiere episode, got a couple more to go. So I will be recording a Patreon special episode talking about a lot of the stuff that you dropped to me, which is like news to me about the ending of the <laughs> last one that we received so i can't wait to catch up on miami and you can look for a deep dive there and you know what i think i'm gonna have to do what i really think i'm gonna have to do a special patreon episode about that watch what happens live oh my god yeah i need to watch it in its entirety i've only seen like the youtube clip so far the fact that the first or one of the first youtube clips that was dropped that i put on instagram about andy being like we just need to put all the cards on the floor or whatever and like <laughs> we need to talk about the tension whatever else kicked off the watch what happens episode is like so nuts but the whole thing was i'm telling you it's like must watch television it was so hot historic historic and i listened to bethany dropped a little like a 20 minute reaction to it which was fascinating and i can't wait to listen to jeff's explanation on his show which i'm sure he talked about earlier today so guys i think you're gonna need to i think you're gonna need to let me know your thoughts on that watch what happens because i think i i really do think there needs to be a separate patreon about it i really do think it deserves absolutely right um so slide into my messages on instagram send me your satchels of gold your thoughts and feels questions and concerns about anything relating to all things housewives and maybe that special watch what happens and you can follow me on instagram at dame galley and oh my god my king evan real oh. thank you for making the schlep to the upper east side oh my god of course this was such a delight you know i'm obsessed with you i've told you this so many times but you're like a, a superstar moderator you guys next BravoCon 2023 20, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud yeah. you gotta go to Evan's panels because they are iconic and your work with Danny at the live show this week oh. was so fun it was so great um guys I highly encourage you listen to that special episode when it's out and I'm so appreciative for you coming over here you just gotta move to New York uh, fuck this LA shit what's LA got that New York I doesn't know, I know I need to come back to honestly I do miss New York and thank you for having me this was an iconic moment being in the I cloth mean is. in the cloth where yeah, it all goes down this was, this was amazing equally obsessed with you too by the way oh my god let's just love each other I think that's where we'll end <laughs> things guys hope you're all doing okay and we will chat with you soon Bye bye